Yo, what's going on? And thank you for listening to New England Patriots Rundown. I'm your host. How are you doing today? Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good night. I don't know when the hell you're listening to this shit, but thank you for listening. Leave an Apple iTunes review. I ain't asking, I'm telling. Good review, bad review. And yo, check out my other channel, streaming on eight platforms worldwide. You want to reach me, hit me up at canwekeepitreal40 at gmail.com. I'm your motherfucking boy, always real, always authentic, and always a hundred. Yo, you want to talk some shit? You want me to talk some shit? Drop that dime. Hit me up at canwekeepitreal40 at gmail.com. Yo, keep it real, keep it authentic, and keep it a hundred. This 49er defense is going to start to look like probably the Seattle defense. They brought in Seattle assistant coach Robert Sale, and that even included several former Seahawks. They're going to be new, and they're going to be aggressive, always attacking defense. Attack, attack, attack. They want to get more aggressive and always attack. They want to have an attack in front that is able to rush five at a time. Because the cornerbacks snuff out easy passes to the sidelines. The 49ers are going to seem to step away from that aspiration. And they're going to try to improve the pass rush a little from the edge. An area that really needs improvement. If you look at the defensive line. This unit made a big, big ass improvement against the run last year. Compared to 2016, when it allowed more yards than in any in team history. The 49ers had a sack total, however, remained at the bottom of the NFL. But, it was sharpening the edges of the defense. It should have been an off-season priority. We'll have to see where their heads are at with that. But their biggest move, however, it looked like was signing ex-charger Jeremy Toto in free agency. He seems familiar with the role, but was injured a lot and was a disappointment with Los Angeles. Probably looks like Mosh and Ellie Harold are going to end up competing to be the team's designated pass rusher, you know, when the team's going on throwing downs, but... The idea is going to be to force opposing QBs to try to step forward in the pocket so that the interior pass rushes, a former first-round pick, DeFrost Buckter, and Solomon Thomas can try to finish them off. The linebacker core, the 49ers realize they really can't count on Reuben Foster. He faces domestic violence charges, and some other felony charges uh, at the start of the season, and perhaps even longer than that. Veteran Malcolm Smith, he's going to be very, very healthy after tearing a muscle in training camp. But he's best at the weak side linebacker, where he can take full advantage of his safety-like speed. But without Forrester, Brock Coyle, newcomer Corey Tuma, and third-round draft pick Fred Warner... They're the best bets to play the middle linebacker. Coy with Smith is a former Seahawk. He started 10 games there last season. And he received very, very good marks there. The 49ers would love someone faster who can make 
more momentum turning plays. San Francisco's coach and scouts are very impressed at how well Warner played in spaces at BYU. So, and he looks like he reminds them of other linebackers, like Seattle's Bobby Wagner, for example, who played that very same position. If you look at the secondary, the team loves the veteran presence Richard Sherman brings to the young position group. Richard Sherman is a very good mentor for last year's third-round pick, cornerback Witherspoon, who seemed to get a lot, lot better and grow more confident with every stop, especially since Sherman's been hanging around Witherspoon. And Sherman said he's very, very bright and eager to master the mental part of the position. It's going to be a lot of film study, offensive tendencies, and pretty much baiting the quarterback as much as the physical side. One of the 49ers' goals will probably be developing another young quarterback. They've got to bring someone else young in to be with Witherspoon. They used the third-round pick as Tavares Moore. He was a safety in college, which they think they can convert him over to a cornerback. And Trat enters the season as a starter, as strong safety. But the team really has good options. But when Shanahan and General Manor Lynch arrived last year, they said they were in for the long haul. You know, I didn't know right away they were going to start rebuilding a franchise, but there's still a lot, a lot of pieces to add. I mean, Garoppolo was a good piece, and that accelerated the timeline and really heightened expectations from fans and other players alike. But with Garoppolo on the center, the receiving group seems more complete. The offensive line really didn't have many holes or even the defense played a little bit with a lot more confidence and fire after Jimmy G arrived though. So if he stays healthy and if the defense does make the same stride that they did the end of last season, there's no reason why the 49ers can't at least compete for a wild card spot in the playoff when December rolls around. It's your boy Mikey. And that's the San Francisco 49ers. Why is everybody so fast to say the Niners are a legitimate contender? Who thinks the Niners are a legitimate contender? Well, first, welcome to the show. I'm your boy, Mikey Rabello, And that's what we're here to talk about today, the San Francisco 49ers. I'll break everything down. Look, I'm a New England Pats fan, right? Jimmy Garoppolo. I think he was a good player. I think he was coming into his own. Went over to San Fran. You know, had a good stop. Won them games over there. They give him a boatload of money. Now, one, I know the market for quarterback is high, and that's the reason he got all that money. But for two, I don't like people, like, anointing him, like, the next... You know, the best thing since sliced bread. Oh, he's a Tom Brady in a making. Maybe he is. But let's wait and see what he does first. We have a very short sample size of Jimmy G to kind of anoint him. Like, teams weren't really preparing for San Francisco rough. But they did step it up, and he did play the ball well. So I'm going to reserve judgment right now. I just thought it was a little too soon to anoint him already. And I know after winning the last five games, 
the 49er fans, the 49er players, they probably wanted to keep playing. They didn't want the season to be over. So when the season begins this year in 2018, let's see if the 49ers still have the magic they did for the last five games of 2017 season. The 49ers seem to be on the right track, putting the right pieces in the right places. But are they all going to work together as a collective unit? They seem to already have the franchise quarterback Jimmy Garoppolo. And it looks like he has a pretty good running back also in Jarek McKinnon. And a throw-in second-round pick, Dante Pettis. And a, re- and a real legitimate candidate for Defensive Player of the Year in DeForest Buckner. But if Shanahan has to focus on anything at all, it's letting these players don't get a big friggin' head. They're going to see these press clippings and take them too seriously. Just like last year's, Garoppolo led a late season, you know, started winning them games and made the 49ers a pick to friggin' win the NFC West right away before the 2000 season was already over. What the coach really has to teach these guys is don't get ahead of yourself. And another thing, when they begin... They were 0-9 at that point of the season, so slow down. And at that point, I believe it was the worst stop in franchise history. But Shanahan's attack is predicted on being able to run or pass on a given snap, no matter what personnel group that's on the field. I think that's why adding McKinnon... That should definitely be an upgrade for the 49ers. When he was at Georgia, the guy was like, he could do it all. Sometimes, he even lined up at wide receiver. I think you could look for him to be more effective as a receiver, catching passes out the backfield. Carlos Hyde last year led the team in drop passes, so Shanahan will call the plays from the sideline for the second straight season. I'll return in just a minute with San Francisco 49ers, Holy Garoppolo. The biggest move the 49ers made was signing Garoppolo to a five-year, $137 million contract. That is a lot of faith, I'll tell you, for a small sample. I mean, if you look at what he's really done, he only played six and a half regular season games for the 49ers. But he passed every test the 49ers gave him last season. He was a fast learner with a very fast release. He made all the receivers around him, even Marquise Goodwin, look much, much better. He was also immediately embraced in the locker room and had a very good chemistry with teammates and was easy to get along with. Garoppolo had a very, very good teacher in Tom Brady, spending four seasons watching Brady run the New England Patriots like a sharpened pencil, so he had someone to learn from good leadership skills. The 49ers, like C.J. Burton, in the backup spot, he doesn't have Garoppolo's arm talent, but Burton showed true toughness in 2017 when the 49ers were at their lowest point. 
the goal with Burthead is to duplicate what the Patriots did with Garoppolo, developing him into a legitimate quarterback. And then they'll probably trade him before his contract expires. But if you're looking at the running back situation, no one really knew what to make of the McKinnon signing who lined up at quarterback, running back, wideout, or even cornerback when he was coming out of Georgia. The versatile, however, is what appealed to Shanahan. He believes McKinnon has the toughness and grit to be a 49er lead rusher, but also the skills to be a weapon in the passing game. Matt Breida, a former teammate of McKinnon's at Georgia Southern, was an excellent pickup after the draft last year, and he enters the season as the number two runner, but he got to hold off Joey Williams, a fourth-round pick in 2017, and Jeremy McNichols, who spent most of last season on the practice squad. About the wide receiver, and if you mention about Garoppolo, what he can do on his offense... Late season success, he did it without the 49ers' top receiver, Pierre Garçon. Pierre Garçon ended up suffering a freak injury. He fractured a small bone on the base of his neck one day before the 49ers traded for Garoppolo. Garçon spent the rest of the season on injured reserve, but he was back at full strength this spring and promises he's going to be a very... Very key weapon in the 49ers offense. And he said he could be explosive. And if you put him with Goodwin, who took off when Garoppolo took over as a starter, catching 29 of his 56 passes in the final five-game stretch. And Peters, the team's second-round pick this year, can play all three receiver spots. He can line up at the X, the Z, and the slot and provides great depth. At tight end, you got Gary Selleck, was a steady contributor throughout last season, and the team expects to see a big leap from George Kittle, who was dealt with an array of injuries during his rookie season, but he came off on the end looking pretty, pretty good. The offensive line, the 49ers used their first-round pick on Notre Dame's Mike Glinchy. Then what they do? They immediately traded right tackle Trent Brown. They sent him over to New England Patriots. McGlinney will compete against Gary Gillum for the starting role. But it was a major disappointment if the rookie, a two-year team captain with the Fighting Irish, Notre Dame, is not their right tackle when the 49ers travel to Minnesota in the season opener. The 49ers are going to see him. He's pretty much going to be the future at left tackle. Joe Staley, if he continues to really play at a decent high level at that spot, but he does turn 34 this season in August. So the 49ers, they really have a pricey free agent center in Weston Richburg. To really anchor the line. So who plays on either side of him. It's not really sure at this time. But I think the top guys. Are probably going to be Tomlinson. And newcomer Jonathan Cooper. You might be able to throw former first round Joshua Gardet. Who ended up dropping like 25 pounds or so. So he could operate in Shanahan's um 
run offense, he's kind of a wild card. But that's the offensive side of the 49ers. Give me a minute, and we'll be right back for the defensive side. The NFC South goes with the New Orleans Saints with a dramatic influx in talent from the 2017 draft to go with a veteran nucleus and the ageless Drew Brees at quarterback. We're seeing a lot of ageless quarterbacks lately. The Saints are well positioned for a title run in 2018. Is Drew Brees going to be able to pull another one out? The Atlanta Falcons, the clock is certainly ticking on the Falcons who expect their season defense to keep ascending while quarterback Matt Ryan, wide receiver Julio Jones, who was actually one of my number three in my top ten wide receivers, and the rest of the offense returned to the peak efficiency that they once were. After being beat down by the Patriots when they were up 28-3, they haven't looked the same. The Carolina Panthers' addition of new weapons and offensive coordinator, North Turner, will re-energize quarterback Cam Newton and the Panthers. They should contend in the NFC South. Although the Super Bowl window is closing on veterans Julius Peppers, Thomas Davis, and Ryan Khalil. Can Cam Newton bring the Panthers back to another Super Bowl run? We will have to wait and see. Last but not least in the NFC South is Tampa Bay Buccaneers. General Manager Jason Leach has assembled a roster that doesn't appear to have many holes in it. But it's up to the coach, Dick Carter, to make it work and win the games in the NFL's toughest division. I'm your boy Mike, New England Patriots Rundown. We out. Hey, welcome. It's your boy, and this is the NFC West Rundown in two minutes. The Los Angeles Rams need their offseason acquisitions to live up to the hype of the Dream Team, while quarterback Jared Goff and running back Todd Gurley continue to progress. If everything breaks out right, Los Angeles should be a Super Bowl caliper team and they should have no shot getting to the Super Bowl the San Francisco 49ers at number two quarterback Jimmy Garoppolo a rival accelerated San Fran's rebuild and if he stays healthy and the defense improves the 49ers will be competing for a playoff spot when December rolls around but he better stay healthy because he is not at all a tough player at number three in the West, Seattle Seahawks, given a degree of turnovers on the defense, expecting more than nine wins is pretty much unrealistic for the Seahawks. But as long as quarterback Russell Wilson is healthy, the Seahawks will contend for a playoff spot. Gone is the Legion of Boom. And now we're looking like it's the Legion of Gloom. Number four in the NFC West on our rundown is the Arizona Cardinals. New coach Steve Wilkes faces great challenges right out the box. And it looks like he's going to have his work cut out for him in his first year as head coach with the Arizona Cardinals. As the offense has questions, 
everywhere has a strong case can be made for finishing last in the NFC West. I'm your boy Mikey Rebello. This is New England Patriots Rundown with an NFC West Rundown. Brandon Browner getting all kinds of trouble again. I told you guys about a week or two ago that Brandon Browner was arrested for domestic violence. Now it looks like the former quarterback has been arrested again after he broke into his girlfriend's home in Southern California, who he has a restraining order against. Police are saying that Brandon Browner broke into the house, he threatened to kill the lady, and stole a Rolex watch valued about 20 stacks. The 33-year-old dummy was arrested Sunday in Laverne, which is about 30 miles east of Los Angeles, California. Browner, not far away from Pompano, and played football for Oregon State before signing with the Seattle Seahawks in 2011. He later helped the New England Patriots win a Super Bowl. Browner was previously arrested a couple weeks ago for domestic violence. So we'll have to see what happens. We'll have to stay tuned to this Brandon Browner case. But Brandon Browner was arrested again for domestic assault. This guy, he don't know what the frig he's doing. Like, you have a good career like that. And then, you know, all the fuckery starts, all the stupid things come on. But it's crazy.